Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Hey, welcome back to season two of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for leading. Thanks for having me back. All right. So tell me one thing you're looking forward to this week. This week, man, there, it's all downhill from here. We're recording this on a Wednesday. (laughs) Um, I mean, the weekend I feel like is part of the week. I feel like Friday and Saturday are still part of this week. So is there anything that you're looking forward to? Uh, Saturday morning, I'm going to try to get away and go to my little cars and coffee with my, with my group, um, my guys, and that'll be the first one of the year. That'll be fun. I thought we were going to be able to sneak away, um, and go check on things at the lake house. And then we have to be back Sunday morning to, um, be in the little turtles class at church. So that's probably not going to happen. I love our little turtles. I miss the three-year-olds at church that we, uh, as a family, the four of us get to entertain. I won't say teach. We do our best, but um, there's a lot more entertaining going on than teaching. Yeah. But what about you? What are you looking forward to? Um, Actually, going back to a previous recording where you were saying that we hadn't eaten out in quite a few days. We're actually taking my mom out to dinner at Taste of Texas. So for a nice, nice food, um, you can make great choices, but to Taste of Texas, which is a Houston-based steakhouse. So excited about that. That'll be good. Yep. Taste of Texas. If you wanted to stay healthy, they've got a huge salad bar too, but it's pretty easy to plan and know what goes into an eight ounce filet, a dry baked potato and salad yeah so i think i'm going salad bar at a chicken breast there you go that chicken breast is full of essential oils you know it's like full <laughs> of all the fat oils. so <laughs> um but cool yeah looking forward to that too um i think i'm invited so it'll be good you are you're you're definitely invited so on to our topic of conversation today so you want to sell your business this seems to be a common theme coming up, people receiving offers for their business or people who are just done for whatever reason that might be. Some of them, it is the an opportunity that has presented itself, uh, has been evaluated closely, and it turns out to be a good deal. And others just their heart's not in it anymore, or their heart is moving already in a different direction. So wanted to really talk through if someone is wanting to sell their business, what that might look like reasons people at this time might be wanting to sell. Yeah. So the, the general kind of where we're at today in the beginning of 2023, uh, COVID was, was not too long ago. And so people, there were emotions that were had in, in COVID. If you led a business, owned a business that many people, if they were close to the end of wanting to own a business, got exhausted. Like they don't want to live through that uh, any longer. Um, just that uncertainty for what may be coming next. Like you've got a down economy um, in certain parts of the world, in certain you know industries, 
2023 may not be fun to navigate. Um, so th they're trying to look at it from a timing perspective. The other piece is we're coming off of a very heavy M and A filled um, transaction kind of buying frenzy. And so that was kind of as a result of loans um, being easier to get and lower interest rate. And now we're into this high interest rate environment or higher interest rate environment. So it's almost to the point where some people may feel out like they may be missing the opportunity to sell their business if they don't do it now. Um, some of the good deals aren't there any longer. And so that may be forcing people to evaluate things um, before the next cycle hits. And a lot of people, whenever you are faced with, hey, the reason to sell your business, it should it should be done, um, obviously, with a clear mind. And so it should be, you know, based on the, the value of your business at this time. Is that a good return on your investment over all the years, the financial investment that you've made in that business? And then mentally, are you there? Like, are you at a point where you're okay transitioning to that next thing in life? And um, whether that is selling the business, merging it into another and working for that business, for that new business for a while, or selling it, walking away and just going and find the next new thing. Um, so reasons people may be wanting to sell. I mean, there's a variety of different things, um, but I think I've covered a lot of them. Yeah, absolutely. And so say somebody is ready to sell their business. They meet uh, those requirements that you mentioned, and they do not have these magical offers that keep showing up to certain businesses or certain industries. So they don't have an offer that's sitting and waiting out there. Who are potential buyers for small businesses? Yeah, potential buyers are all around. And so it, it may be people that work in the business. It may be um, your peers or your competitors, depending on how you view uh, your competition in the market. It may be a vendor relationship. It may be a customer relationship. So there are a variety of different ways um, to seek out um, who may be a potential buyer. Um, once you have identified that potential buyer or started having conversations with what it would look like, um, you have to you have to vet that person um, very, very well. And so most small businesses want an internal person to take over the business, someone they've groomed in the business. The, the usually the disconnect is that person doesn't have the cash or the capital to do so, even though they would be the most um, the, the best identified person and, you know, the most equipped because they've been groomed by that business owner. So there are different things. There are different ways to achieve that person leading the business. Um, and that's where you may have like a, an equity partner, uh, whether that's an individual, a family office, a group kind of coming through, exiting the current owner, and then elevating that internal person um, to kind of lead the business. So a variety of different things. Um, you did mention at the beginning of that question, maybe they haven't identified the buyer and maybe it's just that the buyer hasn't presented themselves yet. And so in, in that season of waiting or in that season of, you know, not having the buyer identified, the best thing that a business owner can do is run a good business. 
like make good business decisions, um, achieve good profits, make great decisions, make good hiring decisions, make firing decisions when necessary, um, improve margins. So the best businesses um, in the market are ones that are run well. So if you've got a situation where you don't have a buyer and you get discouraged, the best thing you can do for that future buyer is run your business really, really well. What are three things to make a business more valuable to someone outside looking to purchase? Um, so the first thing is process. Like, and I know it's, uh, there's probably like three P's we could think about like process people and profit or something. I don't know, just threw that out there. But, um, so process it's, is something repeatable? Are there systems in place that aren't reliant on any one person or any one, I guess, bottleneck, you know, just anything like, can it scale? Can the owner remove themselves from the day to day? And so that's a lot of times what we spend time with clients on, like, how do you work yourself out of production? How do you remove yourself and elevate others so that maybe you as an owner can participate in the business, but it truly is with an owner hat and not a production hat. Um, and, and so that is a much more valuable business to a buyer than somebody that has to buy the business and then step in the very next day and start work. That's where you've almost bought yourself a job. And so like, it just depends on the situation, but businesses that run without an owner are always gonna be sold for more. Um, the second one in that three Ps is people. And so uh, people always hiring and having capacity based on really good people that will live beyond you as the owner. Um, sometimes people don't make the best decisions with their personnel and maybe that's a hiring or a like moving on from a certain um, team member that may be toxic or, you know, has just sat too long in any one given seat. And so just like you as an owner, what would a new buyer want? They would want the best team possible. And so they're going to pay a premium in today's market for that team because it's so hard to find people and it's so hard to get the right people on the bus. So if you have the right team installed and they're doing a great job running that business alongside the current owner, it's going to make the value of that business that much stronger. Um, and then the third thing was profit. Um, so profit it is the lifeblood of the business. Profit and cash flow, which you can't have cash flow without profit. So um, those are the few things that are looked at in the valuation of a business. Obviously, cash flow to owner is based on profit and margin. And are you asking the right things for your product or your service? Are you dialed in as far as like your budgets and expenses? Are you being uh, a good steward of the business that you're running? And I think all of those kind of, uh, you put me on the spot there, but I think I, I hit all three pretty I think good, you did so. a great job. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. You, did, you did an awesome job. Answered that so well. I'm sure that'll become a blog post or a three things No, video, it'll become a so. three things video. That's why I kind of threw it yeah. out there. So uh, remember I said that I was having trouble getting my ideas going for content yeah. and getting it pushed out. So we could call uh, it the PPP, but so many accounts would like stab us in the <laughs> oh, eye man. if we bring up PPP it's again. It's been taken. So. It's been done. It's been taken. I could really go for another round of PPP loans though. That would feel really good right now. <laughs> 
now so. that now that you have a process, know what's going on, right? It would be yeah for me and clients awesome. like open yeah. up the open up the treasury. Let's go, let's go back. <laughs> so fun stuff. So once once a business is ready and attractive and is valuable to an outside buyer, they have received an offer. What are things that need to be evaluated and analyzed? Whose eyes need to be on the offer? What are all the considerations of an offer that's received? Yeah, so even um, we're jumping way ahead um, and somebody wants to sell their business, but hopefully along the way, they have kind of um, assembled this team or curated this team of advisors to help lead them and help them make decisions on behalf of their business. So those advisors are also people you would want to float the idea of, am I ready to sell my business? What does the market look like? Um, and just kind of get a different perspective than maybe somebody that's like in the weeds, in the day-to-day -day of the business, um, just an overall feel. And once you've kind of identified a buyer, maybe know what it's worth, have settled on, it's a good time, um, that's whenever you start evaluating an offer or you know, an asking price if, if you're going out to market. Um, so considerations of an offer, you would definitely, before you sign anything, even an LOI, um, a letter of intent, you want to make sure that your attorney reviews it. And the reason why is we see so many people kind of go throughout this process, sign an LOI, and then they get into like due diligence, and then they, they either get their attorney to review it, or they have started a relationship with a attorney, attorney, and things that they agreed to in that LOI, the whole the whole thing that the, the deal is built on, they don't understand. And they sign that LOI and it's like, oh, well, this is all being funded with debt. Well, I don't want to go into debt. Well, you said that you would because you signed this LOI. So it's kind of, it's it's one of those by not having the right representation at the right stage uh, can kill a deal. And so that's, that's key number one. So making sure that your advisors are looped in the whole time. And so sometimes there is a place in the market for like a business broker or a like an expert that shops your business to different things. Like in the dental space, we see that with like people shopping it to DSOs or DPOs and, and they know the market. They know all the buyers and they know what the buyer's deals are going to look like because those are pretty standard. And they know what may be right given the relationship that they have with their client our you know, our client or everybody's client in that situation. So it would really be, okay, consideration of the offer. Is this what you thought it was going to be? And does everything align with what you've been told? We see so many times people are sold something verbally. And then whenever the documents start coming in, they are written in a way that contradict what was said. And so it's a lot of times educating the client throughout that process, the business owner, and then making sure that even though the legalities have not changed, maybe something that was said is now clearer or better defined and making yeah. sure that they're okay with that. I feel like that a lot of times in conversation, there are a lot of omissions and just no real clarity around the actual legal terms of what that purchase means. And then you get into a 50 or 60 page legal document of like the purchase agreement or the LOI. And it's hard to interpret that on your own um, sure. because you already have 
the information that you received in conversation clouding what you're reading, making you potentially interpret it a different way because you remember what you were told, um, but that's just not the way it's worded in the actual legal binding document. Correct. Yeah. And the, the best way to increase the value of your business, like we said, um, running a smart business or making the best decisions in the business is being surrounded by the right team. And you want to make sure that from a compliance standpoint, both legally, tax-wise, whatever, you're, you're checking the boxes. Because during due diligence, any sale is going to go through a due diligence phase. And if you haven't done something on the up and up or have cut a corner, it's going to be identified and it may kill the deal or reduce your asking price to where it's not as good of a deal as you thought you were going to get. And so, you know, having compliance be, you know, staying above board and things like that, um, as far as from an accounting perspective, what which is what we speak into a lot of times and making sure that somebody knows their numbers, that they're actually working off of good data and that they're presenting that in a way to the buyer that makes sense or, or potential buyer or broker or whoever's listing the business for sale. So that's that's what we see a lot of times where like our team actually goes in and improves the value of the business so much because things are clean and the buyer knows what they're getting and there's no surprises after the fact. So we love to see that. We love whenever we have prospects say, hey, well, part of my three to five year goal is to actually sell my business. That's great because we can install our team and we can start going down the path of what do we need to do? What small changes do we need to make so we can get you a better value for your business whenever you're ready to exit it? So um, and then the other thing is whenever someone has said that that's their goal, what are the small tweaks that we can make even in um like expenses and P&L and cash flow, what are things along the way to, to make sure that we have a valuable business? And so if, if you need a sales team in your business, but you've kind of done that, you've worn that hat in your business for so long and you've never had a sales team, it's kind of going out and building that sales team, building leads that are repeatable after you step away. Um, some people make the mistake to kind of gut their business and run it so lean and pull all the profit out of it that truly that shell of a business isn't worth much when they go to sell it because there's nothing that lives beyond the owner. And you'll see that a lot of times in, in, in different industries like construction. Um, construction businesses are only as good as the contracts that are remaining and the iron that is owned by the business. So there's really nothing that lives beyond the business unless they figured some something out. Like they've got a, a unique situation where it's a, a pipeline of leads or a pipeline of um, subs and a certain way of doing things, a certain way of building, whatever that is. But depending on the industry, you have to be really smart going into those. And with professional services, it's no different. Like you have to have people that you're leading and that they're following a set process that's going to allow the new business owner to continue successfully running the business when the owner steps away. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are great tips for anyone. I know our priority as far as our team serving clients is to make sure that we are helping build the most valuable businesses possible, no matter what stage they come to us, whether it's a startup or a seasoned business. 
we want to make sure that it's the most valuable at all times. So if there ever is an opportunity or an offer that comes through a change, um, a health event or a change in lifestyle that needs to accommodate the sell of the business, that business is at its peak value at all times. And so I know yeah. that's really, our success is really based on the success of our clients. That's how we kind of measure our success within DBA. So. Yeah. Our, our biggest hope is that your business is worth today, worth more today than it was yesterday. It's going to be worth more tomorrow than it was today. And all of that is if you don't have a team of people around you trying to make your, you and your business better and strive towards that, then you need to find a new team or you need to find a team. And, um, you know, that's kind of our place in the market. So, um, but yeah, really good, really good conversation. I could talk about this for hours and hours. I'm sure you, you kind of get that. So. I think a huge, a huge takeaway from this, if you're considering selling your business, maybe you're in an emotional state where you think selling your business would make your life better or would just be the answer. Don't do it alone. Uh, invite somebody into that conversation with you that has maybe an unbiased opinion or, you know, even better, somebody like a legal or financial expert that can help guide you down that road. Usually emotions are temporary, so don't make a long-term uh, decision based on a temporary emotion. Yeah. And I think um, when selling a business, haste is not usually good. Um, so I think time is always valuable. And even if you need more time to think about it and part of the purchase price goes down just as, you know, the way things happen or loan rates change and it's not as attractive of an offer, it's harder to unwind a business sale than like, it's, I forget how we say it, but it's easier to say no to a bad deal or no to a good deal than say yes to a bad deal. Um, and you just, you don't want regret, whether it's buyer's or seller's remorse or, in, you know, in any instance, you can't go back and your business will never be the same if you try to go in and take it back. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thanks for sharing your wisdom on this topic. Appreciate it. I don't know that it's wisdom. I'm just talking. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll share some more opinions here in a bit. <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.